Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Talking about Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys all for coming back to the show. Uh, tonight, we are going to kind of skip uh, any news or anything like that, but we are going to go straight into. Um, kind of what I talked to you guys about yesterday. A little bit of talking about some of these positions that could really be in flux when it comes down to the breakdown of the 53-man roster after the Colts' final preseason game. Uh, and we'll talk about a couple of the positions. We'll talk about the majority of my you know, 53-man roster prediction when I where, uh, to be quite honest with you, I left one open between offense and defense. I'm kind of just trying to talk through this with you guys and see where I'm at as well because I'm just looking at it uh, consistently and I'm thinking, wow, do they take this guy away? Do they take one of these? This is going to be some real uh, real struggles for Chris Ballard and Frank Reich to nail down this 53-man roster this year. Uh, obviously, with the special teams, we're not going to go through all of that right now. I think that's pretty self-explanatory for the most part. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of these you know, kind of glaring positions. Then we're going to talk to or talk about uh, just the roster in general and kind of see where we got there, which you guys can offer me uh, after we display this bad boy. So uh, good news for the Colts, though. It, it looks, you know, like the Colts have enough guys right now that they can legitimately challenge for a solid season, I think, even with the Andrew Luck news and all that good stuff in the background. Um, this is, I think I told you guys at the end of the show the other day, this is going to be a fun team to watch. There was a couple years ago or last year where I said that, you know, I'm not sure how good the team's going to be, but they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Cause we were seeing, you know, like Darius Leonard and some of those guys kind of really look real sharp in camp and it looked like it was going to be a fun team one way or the other. Uh, this year looks kind of the same. I mean, it is a bummer, you know, that we, uh, we'll kind of start the season on a weird note and have Jacoby Brissett being the unquestioned starter for this team, which none of us expected. However, it's kind of fun breaking this roster down because this is this is a pretty talented roster, and I think that uh, when everything is you know comes down to it, they're going to have some good players on this roster. There's going to be some good guys get some good players get cut. So this is going to be very interesting to talk and look at, talk about and look at. Uh, implications of the, you know, the final preseason game of the year. So 
Uh, let's talk about the offense first. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that I've got a great feel for a lot of these guys along the offensive line. Having not really watched them specifically, you kind of go by um, main, you know, main storylines on them or whatever. We've heard that Evan Bame's not having a great camp. <clears throat> oh, we hear that, and he's had a couple of bad plays, you know, that have been pretty obvious. But uh, who who do they really go to for their depth? I mean, do they do they carry ten offensive linemen? Do they carry only nine? This is uh this is a year where you could see a lot of guys on that offensive line on the bubble and we could see the Colts, you know, possibly, man, I don't know how they could go honestly less than 10 just looking at this though because the depth isn't really all that great. Look, Glowinski last year and Braden Smith, those guys were depth pieces. They just happened to play really good football last year and became starters. So now the depth has to grow behind them. Okay, Evan Bame showed that he can play last year. This year, apparently not having a great camp, but I think that he's good enough. I think he's uh, diverse enough for the interior of that offensive line to where he can be a backup for the uh, the interior three positions. So uh, obviously left tackle, I think that you just see Anthony Costanzo and LaRaven Clark uh, over there. And I think you've got Quentin Nelson. I'm Like I said, I'm going to throw Evan Bame just for a spot. Under he and Ryan Kelly, Josh Andrews, I think possibly can make this team as well. Uh, I wonder about Jake Eldrenkamp if that's a, you know, if that's a solid option or not. What I, I'll be honest with you, with this group, I definitely see a initial group, and then I just about guarantee that this is a completely different group depth wise within a couple days of the fifty-three man roster being set. I don't think that there's a couple guys on that I would even put in this 53 that are going to actually make the team for week one. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, Gwinski and Braden Smith on the right side of the line, and I got Haig back there uh, backing him up. And I think Eldrin Camp for right now, there's, there's a few guys that you can really, you know, kind of bounce the idea off of keeping them. But, I mean, I – Man, I just don't know. It just seems like it's kind of a far cry uh, from being a, a deep team interior-wise. So that, that's kind of what I've got for, for the offensive line. That's very basic for me, and I, I just I just don't know about that group uh, in terms of the depth guys. I don't know what their idea is uh, there. I think you see that Jay, Joe Haig, you know, he's diverse enough where he can work inside and outside if necessary. Um, at least to fill in, you know, and I think that's ultimately what comes down to is how many guys are you really wanting to uh, be able to to move that out that far, and how how long are you you know going to keep them out there if somebody has a serious injury? Are they good enough to where you could start them if you have to? We had to last year with Gowinski and Smith, and things worked out. So uh, at quarterback Brissett and Walker just unfortunately at this point in time it looks like the Colts are looking at quarterbacks uh to come in and at least try out and kind of look at what they can do immediately for backup behind Brissett uh Philip Walker's just not a he's just not a good quarterback there I, I don't think there's any chance he's a uh backup quarterback in this league the Colts have let him hang around pretty much he's in camp every year he never makes the roster I think he's gonna have to this one and I'd leave that spot kind of open for other QB to be signed. 
You know, uh, I think the Colts like what Chad Kelly has proved, uh, has shown them in the preseason. Uh, but I also mentioned to you guys, you know, one of the things I want to see with him the most is for him to go against the ones. You know, I want to see him play with the ones and against the ones. And if we see that, then I think we get a little bit clearer picture of what the Colts may or may not have after Kelly's suspension is finished. And, uh, you know, they decide whether they want to bring him in as the backup or what. You know, that's a it seems like a, a long way off. And, and it kind of is. Uh, but let's get to the receivers. Now, this is a a position of note. So I think the Colts wide receiver core this year is as fun and provoking as we've seen in quite a while, to be perfectly honest with you. Between T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell, he's back. Uh, I think you have Chester Rogers in there as your other slot guy, Devin Funches, and Deion Kane. That's that's the five that I've got right now. I don't like Rogers in that mix personally. I think they could potentially I would like to see them do it without him, but he is, you know, a punt returner. So they're going to keep him for that, I think, if nothing else. Plus, he's a pretty sure-handed guy, and I think that the, uh, you know, that that Brissett trusts him, and I think the team, the the coaching staff trusts him too. So that that I I leave that at five because, as you guys well know by now, there are several positions where uh, the Colts could potentially save a guy here, use a guy there, uh, in terms of their special teams issues and anything else that they could possibly get, whatever they want, depending on how they want to use them. Uh, do they want to try new people? Do they want to take the same guy who's proven already? This is going to be kind of interesting to uh, to watch this year. Uh, on to the running backs. For mine, I've got Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. I like Sharkandrick West. He showed Wednesday that you know he's still got some solid foot uh, work. He's also got some good vision. Uh, he can handle the ball out of the backfield. I think you love all those things for a running back. And I'm going to go ahead and go Jordan Wilkins. I don't, I'm not been really seeing many updates on his injury status or whatever. So it doesn't appear that it's going to be too bad because they haven't wiped him out, at least not to my knowledge they haven't. And I think they really like what he can do. So I think that Jar- Charkan, or, I'm sorry, Jordan Wilkins stays on this roster or at least makes the initial 53 unless there's something quite a bit more uh, to it. And then I think maybe he's a guy, if it is worse than, than expected, uh, which there was whispers about that. I do know that. And Wilkins could maybe go on IR or something like that. You know, you just never know with, with what they're going to do. And they could put another guy in here for the time being, because I don't really know much about it. I just think that Wilkins is probably the guy there, but Sharkandrick West, I think you have to love him. Now, the, again, another position here where you see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of competition here for that final spot. The Colts are going to keep four running backs, I would certainly guess. Um, but you've seen Aka Cedric Ware. You've seen uh, him do okay. I'm not impressed with him. There's not much to him, in my opinion. Uh, Marquise Young, interesting for sure, but nothing. But Jonathan Williams, a guy who's gotten some time, the Colts obviously really like him. Uh, that could be the other spot that's that's a guy who's very much in the mix for that number three four spot there I think Chuck Hendrick West is a guy that gives you instant impact as a veteran guy who's been in a system where they they spread the ball around quite a bit so he's used to that he's not used to trying to be the star uh but I think if you look at you know Williams possibly there instead of Wilkins depending on his health that's still not a bad running back uh room at all so, again, I think you got four running backs pretty safely. 
I don't think they go too much more. Naheem Hines is, you know, they, they want him to start performing more special teams. Maybe West can return some balls or, or, or something like that, seeing what they, they get out of these guys. Uh, on to tight ends now to finish up the offense. You got Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, Mo Alley-Cox. Obviously, this is another topic of discussion for the offense and, and how they are really wanting to do this. You know, uh, do they want uh, Hale Hinges where you have a guy that is sure-handed like what they would con- what they are going to compare to Jack Doyle? What are they actually looking for in that fourth tight end spot? I think between Hentges and Ross Travis is kind of the debate here, but I think you have two different things. Look, when with Jack or with Jack Doyle, you've got obviously everything Jack Doyle brings: good route running, sure-handedness, not the speediest guy, not the dynamic, most athletic guy, but you've got Eric Ebron and Mo Ali Cox, both who are, and Mo Ali Cox can add some blocking. He can add some blocking there. He's becoming a much better blocker. He's more of an athletic type tight end to where he can go up and get it. Big dude, good good catch radius, good good hops. You like that combination for your top three, I think, tight ends very much if you're a Colts fan. Uh, and then for the fourth spot, I'm going to go with Hale Hentges because he's proven that he can also catch the ball. Even though he didn't do much in college, he didn't have many catches, was not all that exciting. Hentges, to me proves to be a reliable guy and he can block and he can block well with Ross Travis you get a maybe a little bit more of a dynamic uh ability in terms of playmaking ability but you lose I mean it, their blocking just isn't close okay that's the thing I mean I'm not trying to say Hentges is like a premier blocker but he's a rookie man and he's a significantly better blocker than Ross Travis and he can catch the ball I just think that he is the smarter pick here. I don't think he would necessarily make it through waivers. I think teams have seen enough of him, especially some tight end needy teams who would go grab him, especially for his youth. You look at him and you really do think sure-handed Jack Doyle type, uh, strong route runner, obviously powerful and not quite as big as, as Doyle, but he's got a little bit of wheels. He's not super fast. He's sure he does tuck the ball away. I think that that's your I think that's your pick right now in my terms for the offense. So, with all that as of now, we've got twenty five for the offense, and I think that that's where we're going to stay. This could be twenty four, could be twenty six. This it doesn't happen that way too often. It's usually pretty split twenty five apiece, offensive defense. Uh, but you just never know this year. And, and like I said, I went ahead and did all twenty five with them. Uh, but we've got five receivers and, you know, we've got 10 offensive linemen that could be plus or minus in the linemen. And that could be plus, uh, with the wide receivers as well. So you just don't know where that's going to come out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break real quick, and then we're going to come back with the defense and where I've got them. And, uh, we're also going to talk, uh, some for that final 53rd roster spot. Uh, the challengers for that position. So we'll be right back after this. Okay, guys, I want to talk to you about TickPick. TickPick is a great way to get tickets to see the Colts or any other sports, music, or entertainment event of your choice. Not only will you save 10 to 15% off every ticket order, you can do it without any annoying fees at checkout. Think StubHub, but without the fees. Just head to TickPick.com, select your seats, and head to checkout. Get on your way to the next Colts game with TickPick. 
Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, guys, we're back. Um, so let's look at the off or the defense now. This is a, a pretty tight group as well. When you look at and kind of see where the 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 real competition is at is at spots of depth that's sad because you have to get rid of players it's also a good thing knowing that you've got some good players in that spot so um let's kind of start and obviously there's a caveat on jabal sheard well how serious is his injury don't know what do they do with him blah 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 right now he's he's expected to be to play i suppose so we're going to put him on the 53-man roster just kind of that simple um but you've got Al-Kadim Muhammad there who had been starting with the ones in the preseason games early on. Uh, Marcus Hunt, Danico Autry, Justin Houston, obviously across the front. Uh, ben Benogu, or Benagu, I think he showed some real rush potential and he seemed to be fairly solid against the run as well and, and a pretty aggressive dude. I think the Colts really like him. I think that we like him and we should. Uh, Going to be a, a guy there on the end. Other on the other side, Justin Houston uh, backup is going to be Ture, and he's shown a lot this year. So those are two really good spots for the Colts to be. They've got a couple guys as backups who have some real potential to be some real sack artists, quite honestly. Uh, Marcus Hunt, I'm sorry, I already went through the, the front of the line. Grover Stewart, Tyquan Lewis. And right now, I've got Jihad Ward as my last defensive lineman. And it's basically because I, I, I there's a couple guys I think you could throw in here. I think Ward proved in limited time last year that he could do it. He's looked good this preseason so far. But he's got competition, folks. So we'll get to that in a little bit with those 53-man challengers. But that's where I've got this defensive line right now. And I kind of like the way it looks there. You've got Hunt and Stewart both with size. Autry's been a good sack guy for the Colts, been able to create uh, some havoc in the middle of that pocket. 
Tyquan Lewis, obviously there are big expectations from him. Uh, Teray, improvement. Justin Houston should needs to come out and prove why he is who he is. Uh, and you like Al-Qadim Muhammad, mo- most definitely. So uh, let's move on to the cornerbacks. This is another uh, highly contested position in terms of do they have a plus or minus here uh, just to figure out special teams. And, you know, this is kind of where we're at. So uh, right now I've got five. And I and I keep in mind, I left that 53rd roster spot open. Uh, and I left it open on the defense. But there are a lot of people vying for it, I think. If, you know, like I said, if the Colts only carry nine offensive linemen, that adds the possibility for one of these guys to make it on the offense. Uh, and vice versa. You know, just a, there's a bevy of, of options, obviously. Uh, but we're going to go with Pierre Desir. Kenny Moore, Quincy Wilson, Rocky Sin, and Marvell Tell. Uh, I'm going to stop with him on the cornerbacks. Now, there's an obvious contender here. You guys know this. Uh, They're in the cornerback. And, and it seems like it's a pretty important position where it's uh, as a gunner. Where do the Colts get that if not with Chris Milton there as you know a possible sixth cornerback? Is he important enough on special teams to where – you want to carry him on the 53-man roster, and that's really all he does? I don't know. I don't think so. So who are they going to use as their gunners? That's the question. What do the Colts want to do with their gunners? Who's proven that they can do it? Is it Pascal and he makes the the roster as uh, a receiver? Or is it Milton making it as a corner? Either way, this last guy is going to have to have, you know, he's going to have to have some contributions to this team or this just he's just not going to get carried there's just no two ways about it uh, moving on to the linebackers Darius Leonard Zaire Franklin Matthew Adams Anthony Walker and Bobby Okereke that's who I've got so far five um, again another position where you just kind of look through everything that the Colts have and and what do they have as that depth, I mean, they've got Sky Moore from last year, who we, you know, basically started as the starter and was kind of there to take it. And he didn't finish it. So they move on. We've got EJ Speed now, Ahmad Thomas. Uh, those guys, you know, Speed especially is getting a lot of, a lot of notoriety, a lot of talk uh, about him. I think the Colts like him. Do they carry a sixth linebacker f- because of him? Is he potentially a guy that you might use uh, on special teams a little bit more. We'll see. But I think those those four, at least Leonard, Walker, and I think Franklin's done enough, in my opinion, to warrant a roster spot. Uh, Matthew Adams and Bobby Okariki, I think that's your linebacking core for the most part. So let's move on to the safeties, obviously with uh, Matthias Farley uh, being waived. We understand that there's not going to be Matthias Farley on this roster. So what do we do? We got these four. Malik Hooker, Clayton Gethers, Kari Willis, and George Odom. That's my four uh, at the moment. Now, again, there are, you know, a little bit. I wouldn't say there's a ton of competition there, but there's a little bit. Um, You know, Ronald or Roland Milligan, I, I think that that's about as much as you're going to get for legit competition with these guys. I mean, Tanneman now, you know, these guys can all play, but that's, that's your four safeties. I think that's honestly, I think that's about as easy to, to 
get as you can. They've got some other good players, though. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So we've got 24 now, so we've got 59. Actually, we'll take 52, considering the obvious for special teams. But here are some of the, the challengers that I've got for for everything going forward. Obviously, Krishan Hogan and Zach Paschal, those guys are going to be fighting for that final roster spot if it's a receiver. Uh, Hogan, I don't think, adds enough special teams-wise, uh, depending on how the Colts want to use that. Because if Pascal makes the roster, your your assumption would be that they're going to use him primarily for special teams. He's just not one of the top four or five receivers on this team, and it's and it's he's just not. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder if they go receiver. They if it's Krishan Hogan, they've already got their special teams in order. If Zach Pascal is the is the order, then you know that they felt that they needed him for some special teams. So this is going to be interesting uh, if it's a receiver. But I think those are your two guys that you look at. And really only two, in my opinion, that would really have a shot to make this roster right now. Um, uh, you could look at Jackson Barton being a recent draft pick. I mean, but uh, Antonio Garcia also. Jonathan Williams, uh, the running back. EJ Speed, the linebacker. Karan Reed, defensive tackle. I think that you look at what he did. Man, he's quick, and he was fun to watch. I, I Granted, he was doing it against twos and threes occasionally, but he looked good. His footwork doesn't change with ones, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put Carroll Phillips in this mix. Uh, defensive end, I know they're kind of stacked, if you want to say that, at the Colts at that position. You just never know what they're wanting to do. I, I think that he's a guy who's pretty close to got, – he's gotten himself on the bubble by playing really well. Uh, Jerry Green – uh, draft pick. So what do you, what do you, you know, you kind of expect a little something there. Uh, Chris Milton, obviously we talked about him, a guy who's a proven special teams guy. He's uh, about 15 pounds heavier than, you know, the next guy in terms of the corner who would be able to take, you know, some lumps, whether they're a good gunner or not, 175 pounds for, you know, a couple of these guys is too light. So, those those are the guys that I've got initially as the the fifty three man challenger or fifty third man challengers. Uh, this is this it seems like it's still pretty cut and dry in a lot of positions, guys. It, it just man, I, I'm so interested to see how these positions shake out, especially cornerback. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm interested to see how tight end turns out. I really feel pretty comfortable that those are the four that the Colts will pick. I just think you've got too much. You've got the right dynamic if you add a Hinches. Whereas I was a, a big fan of Ross Travis last year, and I'm still a big fan of his. I think he, he. I just don't think this is. He just doesn't. He's just not better than anybody that's ahead of him, in my opinion. And that's just too bad. You know, he had a promising start last year. Right now, the talent level at the in the tight end room is top notch, and I think that uh, he just. I just think that he ends up finding you know, or ends up on the outside looking in lots of interesting stuff. Uh, the, the offensive line we talked about, how does that, you know, churn out? Uh, I think the running back room is just simply it's four, but it's simply determined upon the health of Jordan Wilkins. What happens there, whether Williams can make the roster on that in that, in that role. So it wouldn't be that 53rd man, but that would definitely open up an opportunity for him um, you know, to the cornerbacks, wide receivers, the the safeties. This is going to be a fun team. It's going to be a deep team. Um, I think the offensive line right now 
needs to really prove how good they are uh, because their depth it might be the worst in the team. It, it, that, you look at the other positions. We're deep at receiver. I think that they're fairly deep at running back in terms of capabilities, very deep in tight end room, uh, deep at safety, in my opinion. I really like Kari Willis. I think George Odom is a, is a big stick out there. Uh, I love their linebacking core, and I think that their their depth is, I would say, good uh, right now. We haven't seen some of them in a game, but uh, the immediate depth is is good. And Zaire Franklin, Matthew Adams, those two as backups or as a Sam options, those guys are also you know proven. They they played last year. They weren't major contributors, but they were good enough to be in you know in the, on the roster, and I think they still are. Um, looking at, at the cornerback room that that's a tight one you know that's going to be a lot of fun to see how that uh, that all turns out as well but it just in general that's a deep group just like we've said defensive tackle pretty deep defensive end pretty deep so it, it to the to the position that or at least the the unit that made the most noise last year for completely changing their narrative on them from one of the worst units in football year in and year out to one of the best last season. Uh, I think that their depth is going to be something that Chris Ballard will target in the first rounds of cut. Well, in the only round of cuts, but during the 53 man cuts, I think you can expect the Colts to sign uh, probably a, a guy that they really want to carry on the roster versus what they've currently got as options. So, um, guys, that's what I got right now for that 53rd. So I have got 52 guys on this roster. Uh, so help me out. If you guys listen to the show, uh, hit me on Twitter at M SB and tell me what you guys think for that final spot. Tell me where I messed up. Tell me what you liked, uh, what was, you know, this, that, and the other, uh, but we do that on Twitter anyway. So, uh, make sure that you guys are getting a hold of, uh, stampede radio. They're doing a great job. Had Chris Wessling on there. The other day, that was a, a great uh, interview and, and great to hear his thoughts on luck as well. Uh, but there's, you know, a, gr- a lot of great stuff. Stampede Blue, make sure you guys are getting a hold of it. And always uh, make sure you guys are coming back to hear me on the Colts cast. So uh, we'll talk again later on in the week. Thank you guys for dropping by. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. <laughs>